0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Freelancer Show. This week on our panel, we have Joel Schobert. Hey, everybody, from Minnesota. Brooks Forsyth. Hi, everyone. Brad Large. How's it going, everybody? Petra Manos.
1: Hey, how are you going?
0: I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. Amazingly, we're all recording from home. uh, Yay! Actually, Joel's setup looks like it could be an office.
2: Yeah, actually, this is my office, but it's a one-person office, so I'm completely safe here. Oh, there you go. You stuffed towels under the door or something? <laughs> yeah, there's nobody here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Have you thought about making a career transition into data analytics? You should check out Springboard's Data Analytics Career Track. It's similar to an online data analytics boot camp, with the difference that a career track follows a project-based learning methodology where students work on real-life projects that employers are interested in. The program is 100% online, and each student is paired with a data analytics expert who provides unlimited one-on-one mentorship and support throughout the program via video conference calls. Springboard also offers job guarantees for all their career tracks. That means you don't have to pay for the program until you secure a new job in data analytics. Freelancer Show is exclusively offering a scholarship of $500 to interested applicants based in the U.S. or Canada. Make sure to use the code Springboard when you enroll. There are only 20 scholarships available, and scholarships are awarded on a first-come, first-served basis. Check if you qualify by applying at devchat.tv slash DAC. The application is free, and it takes 10 minutes. That's devchat.tv slash DAC. Good deal. So um, Petra was giving us the rundown on her situation with clients, and it was interesting because this kind of came up where I mentioned that I had been hearing from a bunch of people who had lost jobs, right? Basically, their employers said, we can't make payroll for more than a few weeks or a month. And so in order to try and slide through, they laid off a bunch of or all of their staff, right? And you know, Petra mentioned that she had lost some of her clients. And so I thought, and, and everybody else kind of thought at the same time, I think we all kind of came to the conclusion that it was, hey, let's talk about what to do in this situation, right? Um, you find yourself suddenly unemployed. or You find yourself suddenly down a whole bunch of clients. What do you do? So uh, Petra, do you want to kind of uh, give just a real quick rundown of where you're at and then we can kind of uh, jump in from there?
1: Yeah, so happy to share my situation. So, uh, so I've been pivoting a little bit anyway between the tag manager programming side of things and the Google Ads side. And I've been looking at bringing on regular clients rather than project work. So um, most of my analytics projects had all finished and I'd been working with regular clients. But unfortunately, the the clients that I'd been picking up in the Google Ads side of things were primarily hotels, um, beauty and massage parlours, and e-commerce. And some of the e-commerce categories included things like party supplies. So <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where, when those like, different categories obviously are, are not doing too well at the moment. So um, certainly when it came to the hotels, every single one of them oh, and, and all the massage clients, um, every single one of them really needed to pause at the same time. And then other retail clients um, are, are finding that they are either going out of business potentially or. Uh, are not able to make the the profit targets they need. So I wouldn't be surprised if people needed to pause their ads there as well. So I went from 28 clients down to um, essentially two or three clients all in one week, which is a little bit scary. And I'm sure that there are many, many other freelancers in the same boat as me and also many employed people who have just lost their job because I heard from um, the, the clients that I've been working with, that they'd had to let go entire teams. So it's not like I was the only person who wasn't uh, working. Their, their entire um, employment teams had also been let go. Um, here in, in Australia, we're expecting that um, 10% of our population are going to be on unemployment benefits.
0: Yeah, and, and even here in the US, I mean, we've been hearing about just record numbers, numbers of people applying for unemployment. So it's, it's hitting here too.
1: Yeah, we've uh, got our, our, our um, Centrelink, which is our um, social welfare, the website literally crashed because there were too many people trying to access it. And um, queues to get to Centrelink have been going down the streets with no regard for social distancing oh, because too many people need social benefits right now.
0: Yeah, got to buy some more toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm being a little flip about it, but honestly, it's, it's hard and that's kind of how I deal with it. So.
1: Oh, we've actually had people here stealing toilet paper. Oh, wow. (laughs) Someone got (laughs) stabbed in the leg and another person, there was like a heist where people broke into the back of, uh, supermarkets searching for toilet paper to steal.
3: A toilet paper Uh, heist. Yes, That happened. I have
0: to say, you know, if it's toilet paper in the back of a supermarket, that's not the Italian job anymore. It's the Australian job. Is that the deal?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> the Australian job.
0: <laughs> anyway, so, so, so yeah. So, but let's talk, you know, what do you do, right? If if you're in a position where it's like, you know, because we all have skills that people will hire out, right? So what do you do? What what are you doing, Petra? I'm kind of curious before we dive
1: into it. Yeah. What okay. So, First of all, my first decision was, um, so I, I use virtual assistants to help me out with various things and my most recent hire, I actually brought her on full-time and she's contracted in the same way as a full-time employee. Um, so my first consideration is do I let her go or do I keep using her skills? I mean, we haven't got any billable work. So what's the point of having a Google Ads specialist? Um, But what I decided to do for the time being, and I think this is working out well, is I thought, well, if she's got specialist skills in Google Ads, um, well, that's going to help out with content marketing because it's a lot better to have someone who knows what they're talking about than to be um, trying to hire like a content writer that doesn't know anything. And to be honest, I haven't really got funds for a content writer anyway And so I'd have to be doing it all myself and that would be taking a lot of time. So what I did was I went on to um, Rush, and I typed in Google Ads and I downloaded something like four and a half thousand different questions that people are asking about Google Ads and um, gave them to my virtual assistant and the two of us are cranking out answers to these questions in the a thought that well even if we're out of work there's plenty of people that have questions about their google ads right now especially given how the the turbulence in the markets is really affecting cost per clicks it's affecting everyone's accounts so people are going to be asking questions for sure they need tips so we're just going through an a- answer questions and i'm planning to answer hundreds of questions because I've got some time at the moment. <laughs> Other than that, I guess I'm looking after my couple of remaining clients really well. I want to make sure that they stay in business. But you can't force people to buy at a time when they're not wanting to buy. So I've, I've slowed down on my, um, I've, I've, I found that my cold outreach was feeling a little bit unsympathetic at the moment. I had people say to me, thanks for the outreach, but right now we're just trying to survive. So I've just paused on that a bit and I'm going more into the content marketing.
0: I love that. I still have people doing cold outreach for me and I may switch because it makes sense. I mean, you want to be there when this comes back and they're ready to buy. But for right now, I mean, yeah, it makes a ton of sense to set yourself up so that you can take advantage of, you know, Google search and things like that when people are looking for it again.
1: I just feel thankful that being in a, freelance business, I've already got a lot of that established. So for someone who is employed and they've been laid off and they're starting out, they need to start from scratch. So maybe we need to talk a little bit about the different things that they might need to set up um, because I'm fortunate in that I can just start cranking out content marketing. Now, whether or not that brings me any clients is one thing, but at least I've already got um, you know, administrative processes going on in the background. So when I do get a client, I can, I can onboard them. But for a completely new person, they've got to navigate all of this, try to get clients in a difficult uh, market and try to build a business at the same time. And that's a tough call. It's I can understand true. why a lot of uh, employees just go back to looking for jobs.
3: Yeah. I'm I'm curious, so you, it seems like, you know, your particular clients, they've also been in industries where they've been particularly hit hard by this, right? Like hotels, I can understand, but like, have you thought about reaching out to uh, like the massage or the the party planning uh, companies and saying, Hey, you know, if you kind of come up with some kind of product or something, then we'd be able to kind of just shift what you've been doing. Um uh, yeah, like party yeah, planning yeah. for less than 10 people or something uh-huh. like that, you know, six yeah. feet away parties, <laughs> six feet away parties. That's right. Both the singles dance. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah. you, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, thing. um, actually this is really fascinating because, certainly I've been hearing from my clients that they are definitely planning to do this and that they will be in touch with me as soon as they've created the product. So I've got a, um, I've got a client who, yes, they do massage and they do um, acupuncture, but then they're saying, well, we could do, um, we, we could do some services via Zoom where we're able to consult with people or I've got uh, another client that I, I don't know exactly what what they're planning but there's definitely online things that are being created and I think there are a lot of traditional businesses that are not currently information businesses that are now going into the information business to find a way to get through this current situation so I think there's going to be a lot more information type businesses coming out over the next several months. I mean, you say
4: that there's a fish store that's local that um, they have my email and they um, sell, you know, uh, uh, saltwater fish and coral and um, they are able to FaceTime so you can get what they have in stock. So they'll FaceTime call you and show you the fish that are there and then you can drive up and they'll bring it out to your door if you want it, you know, like you order basically and, and pick it up without having to go yeah,
1: there
3: really
4: and cool. them. yeah, so I don't know. Interesting that FaceTime with fish, but sort of the same idea. They've kind of switched over to, instead of having people come in their store and stuff. So cool. Wow.
1: Kind so of reminds me of those fish screensavers.
2: Yeah. So okay. Out of your 16 clients or so that shut down, how many like just had nothing to say and it's just, we, we can't talk to you right now? Or how many had plans for what's going to happen with um, the project that's getting shut down? Because a lot of times when a project shut down, it's actually more expensive to pick it up later because you've kind of forgotten some of the things, and you got to get in touch with people. Was there? Yeah. Much well, when it came
1: to the it? hotels, it was it was just stop. Yeah. So uh, I was working with a lot of hotels, so it, it is what it is. It, it was just stop. Um, some of the bigger ones were like, "All right, let's." Um, we drop our budget by a third or we try and work out what to do and we'll change our tact. But, um, but then eventually, like within the week, you know, it was just stop. So, yeah, I mean, that, that is what it is. That's, that's just the industry I'm in. And I've been hearing a lot of um, other freelancers in the same industry as me. Some of them are going up. Some of them are going really down. So anyone who does events, for example, they're just, you know, out of business.
0: Less Accounting provides a reliable, dedicated bookkeeper along with project manager to ensure that your business finances are crystal clear and up-to-date. How are your profits this month? How much are you making on the services or products sold? How much money is left over for yourself to invest back in your business? What's your debt situation like? Are your products selling? Do you have an emergency fund? Those kinds of questions are the things that Less Accounting software and team can answer anytime within minutes. You'll have a real human categorize your transactions. The software platform provides the ability to auto import and auto categorize transactions. You can create proposals and invoices in it, and they have 20 plus reports that you can use to figure out where you're at. So go check them out, lessaccounting.com.
1: All right, so in terms of what people should do, I mean, I've just tackled this content marketing like a crazy person. I must say it's quite tiring just writing content, like when, when, you're, when you're actually implementing something, it's, it's fun. Like you, you get into the flow of your work, you, you can see whether what you're doing has progress or not, because certainly in the case of what I'm doing, I'll, I'll optimize an account and I can see if the client's getting more revenue, whereas um, content marketing just in and of itself can feel like a real grind. You're just creating things and you don't know if they're going to be any value to anyone or not. To someone starting out, they're going through that.
3: Yeah. I'm kind of laughing along because like I went through this, what I called like the three month drop off where I'd been creating content for like three months and I was getting some engagement. I was getting, I wasn't getting any leads out of it and I had already been doing, like I had just switched focus to just Salesforce stuff. So, I mean, I've been kind of playing around with stuff. So I felt like I was being really ineffective by trying to pick what I was doing anyway. And uh, I started the content thing. and I was like, I'm going to stick with this for six months, no matter what. And I'm just going to put out content at least this often. And uh at three months in, I was so distraught because I had not gotten one viable lead from it. And it's one of those things that I feel like uh, would be very frustrating for people right now to start doing if they didn't have the pipeline. Because if you don't have those systems in place, then trying to to create that content and a, oh my gosh, for three months I was like I almost had a like this just what does this all mean conversation with my wife and I was just distraught. And the next day I finally got a lead out of it. It's like oh my gosh, but it's one of those things that definitely has a it, it's a it's got a a long lead time. Like it takes time to see results out of that, right? So it, it can definitely feel like a grind for sure. Yeah.
4: If if I was just unemployed and wanted to start freelancing, I my first call would be to previous employers before the last one. That that would be, hey, you know, um let me is there anything that I could help you out with? You know, a project that you worked on when you were there last, do you need to be updated, whatever? that would, that would be my first call yeah actually i no. i
1: did that i forgot um I, not so much asking for work but what i did do was i i went through my kind of database of closer colleagues and past clients and i sent them a, an email where basically i let them know that um you know i hoped that they were doing okay and that they hadn't yeah. been too badly affected. Just kind of reaching out to people to let them know that I care, because yeah. there's no point in shutting yourself off. Um, there's no point in shutting yourself off. We're all in this as a community. I think if it wasn't for the fact that there was this situation that everyone's facing, um, and contacting past clients is is a really good idea because they remember that you've done goodbye them and they even if they don't have work for you they maybe to refer you on to another business that does.
0: Absolutely. Yeah I've I've had things slow down a little bit with the sponsorships too, right? Because people are backing off on their marketing budgets and trying to conserve some of that money. And uh, you know, so I reached out and I just to see what jobs were out there. And I had a couple of friends come back, right? Same thing. It's hey, we worked together in the past. I'm now at big company and well, you know, we haven't been able to find people. So yeah, you know, and so I basically have a job offer on the line right now if I need it. And of course I'm trying to do everything I can to not take it. Cause I, I really don't love the idea of having a full-time job and that's just me and my personality, but yeah, um, that's kind of where that goes. One other thing that Brad said though, that also kind of came to mind is that, and I'm going to change the topic just a little bit is with the content marketing, he mentioned that he had done it for three months, nothing happened until, um, you know, finally, you know, he managed to get a lead out of it. And what I found is that a lot of content marketing, it is a three to six month game before you really start to see any kind of solid benefit from it. Um, sometimes it's different depending on your market, right? Sometimes it's faster, sometimes it's slower, sometimes your content's just really great. And so after a month or two, everybody's talking about it. Um, but the consistent content marketing I found, you know, generally if it's not in some exceptional space, three to six months, you know, people are starting to tell other people about it. And, you know, at least true for podcasts and for some of the YouTube stuff that I've done. So in that case, if you're looking at what we're looking at with the current virus situation, um, if this holds out for another two to three months, that's about when it's going to start to pay off, right? If you're going to hold out, if this goes on through the end of the year and I'm hearing some people postulating that that's the case, you know, that's eight months. So your six months start to, you know, so if you don't have any other good options, I mean that, it seems like that's a really good way to go because it's going to start to pay off for you about the time when you need it. And need it's free to do. It. It's not like it costs money. You know what right. I mean? Like, and if you have the time anyway, because you're not right. employed or partially employed. Yeah.
3: And, and, and I you would can, go off the, good. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, I would go up the guidelines that you said to, to pile on there. If you're doing a podcast or video, you can get much closer to three months. Yeah. If you are doing blogging or social media for outreach, social media will get you traction, but I've heard several people. So I'm, I'd be curious if anybody else has seen this different, but I've heard that just blogging and social media will take closer to that six months or, or even longer. Um, whereas if you're doing something where you're building that trust, like, uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the, the, the voice and face, you know, be, people being able to see you really builds trust so much faster than blogging or social, even though social feels kind of personal. So I don't know, That it's yeah. been my experience and I feel like other people's like anecdotal experience, but.
0: Yeah, it's the same with podcasts. I get people saying, because they hear me in their ears every week sometimes multiple times a week cause they're nuts and they listen to several of our shows. Um, and you know, and so it's like, I feel like I know you and it's because they feel like I've been talking to them on a regular basis every week. Whereas if it's a blog, yeah, you don't get that, you know, where you, where you sense the person behind it, so to speak. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I've been really thinking seriously about podcasting and, videos for that reason I've tended to gravitate towards written, and I found that my blog hasn't really got a lot of traction because it's quite expensive to get traffic to your blog. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you you can assume you're going to get organic traffic, but that's a really slow way of doing it. Um, If you're not guest posting or having other people pointing their audience to your blog, then you have to rely on other methods to to get that traffic. And um, in terms of that personal factor, like you're saying, unless you're already where your audience is and being helpful to them, it, it comes across very clinical that people are looking for blogs for information. They don't necessarily see the person behind the blog. Um, So I've tried to make my blog have pictures of me throughout it. It it feels a bit narcissistic, but just to remind people that I'm actually a person, (laughs) I think that's important. And I've made sure that my blog is in my own name rather than in the name of my business. But as for whether I see the blog as more of a supporting thing because the blog gives me content to send in my emails. And, but definitely I'm thinking that a podcast Is is relevant because when it comes to podcasting versus video, you need to consider whether your own audience is the type of audience that has the patience to sit down and watch a video on your topic. And in my case, my buying audience, I don't. Yeah, I I could general Google Ads, I could change my buying audience, but um, certainly the type of clients that I've worked with on the analytics side have been larger corporate-type clients and they don't really sit down and watch videos on analytics. Um, I would be talking right. to my peers rather than talking to my clients, whereas with a podcast I could interview e-commerce businesses, um, which is my um, preferred target market. Um, Hightails were a bit like e-commerce because um, they're, they're getting direct revenue from their online bookings but my, my favorite client type is e-commerce. I could interview e-commerce clients and talk to them about their businesses. And then I've got listenership from people that are actually my, my um, target clients rather than just talking to my peers.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And the other thing is, is that the trick, and I've had this conversation with a number of people. In fact, you're talking about e-commerce. One of them was targeting e-commerce folks because they built Shopify plugins, right? And I, I encourage them, don't talk about building Shopify plugins. Don't even talk about what your Shopify plugin does on a regular basis. Talk about the problems they have and what plugins are out there to solve it, right? Because then you're up a level from where you're at. And then the people who are looking for the Shopify plugins, right? And so the same thing with e-commerce stores is, okay, how do you, how do you build traffic to your e-commerce store? And you talk about that. And so you may be talking about some of the things you do, but then you're talking about other things that you don't provide as a service, but it's 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 about a problem that they have that they know they want solved. And then those people will come to you to hire you to do your part of that particular equation.
3: I did a few videos of like how to guides on Salesforce essentials and like how to set up web delete, you know, just different stuff that I thought people getting it set up might want to do on their own. And uh, that worked okay. I did get some traction there, but then all of a sudden I realized that, that I was talking to the people that were implementing and the other people that wanted to set it up. The minute I switched and answered some of the most commonly answered or asked Google searches for Salesforce Essentials, my views went through the roof. Like, if you look at the—I got like ten times as many views on those videos, and they rose to the top of organic search on YouTube. So, I mean, completely organic search—people just typing in Salesforce Essentials, blah blah blah. Problem, uh, you know, Salesforce Essentials versus—and all of a sudden, my video is in the top ten, competing only with the Salesforce videos and. So it's, it, I think that's very important to keep in mind when you're getting started is we have a tendency, I think, to talk to our peers instead of talk to our target audience. And flipping that switch as early as possible is definitely key, uh, to, I think, to getting results quickly.
0: Are you stuck at home climbing the walls when you should be hanging out with the community at the latest conference to get canceled? Are you wondering where to hear your JavaScript heroes like Amy Knight and Douglas Crockford and Chris Heilman? After the cancellations, I decided to put on a JavaScript conference for you online. I invited my favorite folks from around the web and got them to come speak at an online event just for you. Go to jsremoteconf.com and check out our speakers and schedule. The conference is on May 14th and 15th. The call for proposals is open until March 31st. Come join us at an online conference that we guarantee will keep you safe and keep you informed. jsremoteconf.com. I think it's funny how we settled into content. I also want to switch gears and talk about talking to your peers because if somebody is thriving in all of this, they may have too much work and be able to send you some. Or you may be able to talk to them, find out what's working for them without really threatening their business at all and be able to pull in some business you know, that's similar to theirs but is not the business they're picking up. So that's that's
2: actually what happened to me. And in my case is I had two clients that were kind of like Petra's. They were both immediately affected by this and all their sales went away and they just basically shut down projects pretty much just on a dime. And so they'll figure out later whether they want to pick them up or what's going to happen. I mean, one of them's even worried about surviving the downturn and it's completely. But I've got a friend who's also had a consulting business in town here for, gosh, I think 20, 25 years. And he happened to be buried in work right now. And so right now, in the last two or three weeks, I I finally had a weekend off last weekend. But until then, we have been working through weekends, working maybe uh, five to eight hours together every day. So um, I'm in that situation where basically someone had too much work to do and their clients it was a big enough project it would really be bad for them to shut it down because that many loose ends and being like 90 percent done that'd be very costly to try to pick that buck up and finish it and one piece of it is a bunch of scripts that actually modify their runtime database so they can do the offline syncing for remote phone app and you don't want to mess around having your scripts right and just where you've tested them and then not use them for six months that's just, that would be very dangerous. So we're still working with them. And it's kind of funny because um, it, I think this is going around a lot right now. One of my friends in my apartment complex is a controller of a company. And they're like the bulldog that kind of watches the spending and tries to get everything down. And he's been working with his CEO, trying to get him to shut things down. Well, we're in the same situation where the controllers called my friend's consulting company twice and said, shut everything down but the CEO is like, you have to finish this. So you can see they're actually having that same internal controller and CEO conversation that my uh, neighbor was saying he's having at the company he's at. Yep, absolutely. Uh, is, are there any other techniques
0: or tactics that we wanna go into? I have a hard stop in about 10 minutes. I mean, you all can keep going if there's more to talk about, but otherwise I'll push us to picks if we-, if we Well, maybe
1: we need to talk a little bit about some administrative things that, a new brand new freelancer needs to set up like Mm -hmm. other than their marketing i mean to some degree your business is your marketing but there's more to business than that you you've got to be able to deliver the service that you're actually saying that you can deliver and your margins are eroded if you take too long to do it so you do need to set up some systems to actually be able to get your operations working. Um, some of the systems that I do recommend start setting up um, as soon as you start getting clients is an onboarding process that flows easily because onboarding can easily take up a lot of um, time and uh, just it can be wasteful if you don't have that really streamlined. So once you do start getting clients, I recommend uh, writing down exactly how you do it and then try to do it the same every time so that you're not reinventing the wheel. Create templates and documents and things like that. Um, The other thing is you do want to look into bookkeeping as quickly as you can because bookkeeping with a spreadsheet is terribly inefficient. It's best to get some kind of bookkeeping software, get that started, get it set up. Um, You want to make sure, obviously, you've got your business bank accounts. Yeah. You don't, want to have, you don't want to be using personal bank accounts. That's going to drive you nuts. So get separate business bank accounts, get some bookkeeping software, and um, you, you might need to look into some legal or um, like contracts. I think contracts are really important. So uh, even if you get a template one, you might also need to look into business insurance as well. So some of these things you need to kind of get set up before you can feel comfortable trading.
4: Yeah. if, no, was, if I was... I'll, uh, I'll echo the, the contracts. One of the, like, when I was starting out, the question was, okay, s- send over a contract. And I'm like, oh, I got to get one of those, you know, like, like, oh yeah, I got to figure that out now. And, and they're just waiting for like that to be sent over. So it, it was an awkward couple of minutes there. <laughs> Definitely something you want to consider when you
3: decide you want to go freelance.
0: If you don't, it'll go wrong. I promise.
3: Yeah, yeah, that was something. Uh, I kind of um, when I set this up this time, I was like, I'm only going to do the bare bones of what I need because I honestly, uh, because I I do this as a side hustle, right? I've got this like safety net, and because of that, I just dragged my feet for a long time. And when I finally did it, I was this last time in the last six months, I'd say, and it's been going pretty well. I just decided um, I'm I'm gonna just focus on getting somebody to contact me. And so I did, the. I did some videos. Like I said, it took about three months. If I was doing that, maybe I would go in person and actually talk to people. I feel like you might get results quicker that way. But then the systems, uh, I'm totally guilty of still using a spreadsheet to track my expenses. (laughs) I mean, that's something that I tried the, the, um, the bookkeeping software and I couldn't wrap my head around it quick enough. And I felt like it was like, slowing me down more than anything. And, um, uh, but I will say when I did get my first client, I, uh, all of a sudden was like, uh, holy smokes, how am I going to get money from this person? Right. I mean, so getting a bank account set up and, uh, you know, Stripe or PayPal or, uh, Apple, whatever, whatever you think is acceptable for your freelancing and, and the way you want to portray it, you have to get that payment, you know, way set up because nobody, I'm especially, nobody's going to hand you cash, right? Like, it's not like they're going to. It depends on the able...
4: freelancing you're doing.
3: It, yeah. Maybe it can. Yeah. I mean, nah, in my I'm case, messing around. Not...
4: Yeah, oh. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm becoming a plumber. Yeah. Even yeah. But I
3: mean, so I did the bare minimum. I set up payment bank account and, uh, I didn't even set up, this is, Awful. But when I first started, I did not set up, I just sole proprietor, uh, just set up as simple as possible and got started and figured I would uh, figure that out later. Um, you know, and but it helped because I made a couple decisions. So the assumptions there are I got paid up front and my contract was really as simple as if you're unhappy, I give you your money back. I mean, that was the extent of it. And I, for the type of freelancing and projects I've been doing, that's been acceptable. But I'm probably obviously going to have to get more sophisticated over time. But if those things are, are holding you up and, and right now, uh, I would say and I'm not a lawyer is not legal advice or anything like that. But it's very easy, at least in America, to get started with your own business. And I would suggest just get, you know, don't let those things hold you up if you need to make some money, uh, figure it out as you go. And if you do, I will say, if you do need legal advice or accounting advice, find somebody who knows what they're talking about and, and just chat with them. Oftentimes they'll chat for free anyway. So,
0: yep, that's pretty brave with that contract. I will say, because <laughs> I've worked under somebody who had that contract. And then I had a contract that said I'd get paid no matter what the work. And his client came back and told him that they weren't going to pay him. And then he came to me and told me he wasn't going to pay me. And I told him that he could talk to my lawyer and I got paid. So yeah, it does well, happen. I,
3: I do take money. I get, I do hundred percent up front. So that's yeah. something that I do. So that, that kind of gets yeah. around that for sure. Definitely. When you're, when you're looking at that, you, I think the point that we're both kind of skirting around is make sure that you can get paid yes. because if you can't, then you know whether you get the money up front or whether you have a contract that's legally enforceable and, and airtight. That I mean, either way, I think is good, but definitely protect your time and interests for sure. Yep.
1: A lot of the bookkeeping software do have like a kind of a pay now button that lets mm-hmm. people use credit card, which I think is it's better than expecting people to transfer money to you or expect them to use PayPal because not everyone wants to. And even though I think that definitely when you're starting out, you need to just get started. The more, the, I think branding does have something to say for it in terms of um, if you have a professional logo and some professional branding, it doesn't need to be complicated. You look like a larger business yeah. than if you, are just using, um, you know, spreadsheets and, and word documents that have been thrown together yourself, especially if you haven't really got any talent in that area. And I think if someone feels that you are a smaller business, they're more likely to try and negotiate you down on price. So I think it's worthwhile investing a little bit, not too much when you're starting out, especially not if you're unemployed, But over time, as you do start to get some business, invest a little bit in your branding so that you can look bigger than than maybe you are or than you feel.
3: I think it's important to reinvest in your business as you go too. So like once you get started for sure and you know, Fiverr's great for that. I got my brand and all that kind of stuff on Fiverr for like 50 bucks total. So if you're looking for a little starter pack, you can find people out there that will give you because I think what, you know, the details do matter for sure. Like your brand and how you present yourself, those things really do matter. Um, but uh, I I would just encourage, you know, people, if they're in that situation, don't let those be the things that hold you up, right? Like if that's, you can figure that stuff out. Um, but I think the details are the things that you have to pay attention to with your branding and how you're presenting yourself. Because ultimately that can shoot you in the foot if you're, you know, presenting yourself, really unprofessionally or you know, particular ways that your target market are gonna find unappealing. And that's the key, you know, being genuine to yourself and, and appealing to your target market, obviously are the two keys there. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's the, the, the devil's in the details on those, I, I completely agree.
0: Yeah, just to throw in and then I've got to jump off because I've got another podcast right now. Um, and that is when I was freelancing, my branding was all in my podcasts, right? So I didn't have a logo, I didn't have a, you know, my website was not well put together. Mostly people found me because they trusted me through that other source. And so, you know, uh, I was just going to point put that in as a counterpoint that you don't necessarily need to have your branding look the way that we're talking about here, but you have to have some reason for people to think that they can trust you and and for me it was the podcast for somebody else it may be something else and sometimes yeah just a professional look and feel to what you give them is enough and sometimes it doesn't matter you'll have a conversation with somebody for a half hour and they'll be like you're my person and they'll hire you so all right well i'll let you guys wrap up the show however you want um but this has been a really fun great well let's we do picks guys yeah sure yeah let's do picks
1: well i've got a pick this week um my pick is um, more of a humorous one. So I, I found a, a little blog post with some pictures called um, Where's Waldo, the Social Distancing Edition, and I must say it gave me a really good laugh. So I've included the link to that. It's hilarious. I loved um, here in Australia, they're actually called Where's Wally rather than Where's Waldo. But I loved them as a kid, and I've I've got them for my kids. So seeing the, the Where's Waldo uh, pictures really gave me a good laugh. And sometimes you just need a laugh.
2: Okay, I'll go next. Um, I've got two picks. One of them is, again, a little levity. Uh, it's the My Corona song off YouTube. And uh, a <laughs> really good singer did a parody of the whole My Sharona. And uh, you can go check them out. It's Chris Mann. And my second pick... For a lot of people when they start doing their first consulting or going part time, they might be going back to one of their previous employers and that could often be hourly. And so for that, you don't need a lot of setup. One of the things I found that's helped a lot is FreshBooks for me. Really simple way to keep track of the hourly and then send invoices just whenever you want and roll up the time and read it all and then send them a nice looking email and you're kind of done with that side of the bookkeeping. So I'll include a link to FreshBooks here in the pics. All right. I'll go ahead. Um, I got two picks.
4: Um, one is, uh, we were talking on a previous podcast and and I forgot to mention them, um, rescue time, um, for keeping track of your time. Uh, I've gotten into it again after taking, uh, some time off from it a couple years. Um, but it's still great. Um, and, uh, I really enjoy using it. My other pick is, uh, for the kids that are stuck at home. Um, I found this, uh, Paper Dolls by Corey, it's free. Uh, you download these printout paper dolls and uh, you color them in. Um, there's Star Wars characters and Disney princesses. Um, I gave it to my kids and they've they've had some fun with it. So something to keep them a little busy and away from the
0: Netflix or or whatever they're watching. All right, um, I'll throw in some pics here real quick. Uh, one is I'm putting on some online conferences and meetups. You can go to devchat.tv conferences. Uh, or devchat.tv slash meetups. Uh, they're all related around code, mostly around web development, uh, but you can check those out. And then um, I've been uh, listening to on Audible, the clash, the Cash Flow quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. And I'm really, really enjoying that. Yeah, book. that's a good book. Yeah. So I'm going to pick that. Brad, did we have picks from you? Did you go first or is it your turn?
3: Uh, so uh, I'm going to apologize in advance because I may have picked these things before because they're like, things that I use. And I'm not sure I feel like I mentioned Kai Davis all the time, but I'm going to put like three links, Stripe.com, bluehost.com and That It's like a starter pack. If you really wanted to find leads, get a website set up quick and accept payment, then those are literally the three things that will help you do that. And then on a lighter note, because we're all spending so much time inside, uh, first off, go outside to a park follow social distancing. A lot of people are recommending it. Just go get outside, get some UV light and kill the virus and blah, blah, blah. And then well, you know, if you come back inside, there's a great national geographic special on Disney plus that goes over the, uh, national parks of America. And they are just fantastic. It was a great series, lots of animals, lots of really cool stuff that I had no idea, uh, you know, even existed in this country. So it was really kind of cool
0: to go through that so those will be my picks awesome all right folks well i'm gonna push us over the edge uh thanks this was really great hopefully we helped some folks out um we'll be back later and in the meantime max out bandwidth for this segment is provided by cashfly the world's fastest cdn deliver your content fast with cashfly visit dot com to learn more